0: Hello and welcome to the How to Scale Business podcast. My name is Hector Santia Esteban, and I'm your host for today. We're here with Nick Adams, and he's a leadership coach, uh, product development expert, someone who can help us as a organization and as an individual just up-level ourselves. And so I'm excited for today's conversation. Nick, welcome. Thanks for having me, Hector. I'm curious, you mentioned before we were getting started, your background is diverse, but I don't think it's unique in the sense that there are a lot of people who have done the corporate world, they've kind of had success, and then they see these perhaps greener or not so greener pastures. A lot of people are really in that same path and kind of looking to either make that leap or to transfer some of those skills that they gain in the corporate world. But tell us about your experience and how you got to where you're at and a little bit about what you're doing with your clients now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I want to jump before the corporate world because I took a shot at entrepreneurship back in 2007. And that experience scared me away from being an entrepreneur again, primarily because I went into starting my own marketing agency with what I now say is the complete wrong motives. I was all about trying to make as much money as I could, try and scale the business as fast as I could. And unfortunately, I didn't bring the value to my clients that I I should have been. And it was also during the recession back in 2008. That actually impacted me a lot and paved the way for how I got into what I got into. And it was a really tough time, to be perfectly honest with you. And I was scared from taking any risks from that point. I actually linked up with a guy that I still talk to him now. He's a mentor of mine. And he really helped show me that one great way to scale your business is to be as authentic as possible and bring as much value as you can to your clients. And he really taught me the value in showing up. And so I took that into the corporate world and I'm a little bit different leader. I feel that I believe my background is in product management. And I really believe that great people build great products. And so my whole focus has really been on growing teams ensuring that we're getting the most value out of the teams. And there's a lot of parallels to coaching and product because as product managers, we're supposed to be very curious, very open, take as many inputs as we can, because that's the best way to get the insights into how your product's doing, what you should build next and how you can scale that product. And I think as a leader, it's always been really important to me to cultivate good team members and to value the skills that they bring. And so I don't ever think that I have the absolute answer and being able to cultivate that with my team grows respect, it grows loyalty. And I get actually to scale those team members themselves and leading that into coaching. It's been just a natural transition because I believe that anybody that wants to either grow or do better, whether it's their career or their personal life, it all comes from within until I was able to really address the parts of me that were not performing and not providing value, I wasn't able to actually scale anything at all. And so that's why I try and instill in my teams and that's why I try and instill in the people that I coach.
0: That's a really great point that a lot of people a lot of businesses make they run perhaps too fast or whatever that analogy is. But I would love to go back to the, when you you said that you were kind of scared away from entrepreneurship and you came back and you were able to come back bigger and better and I'm curious what that process was like, and if that was an easy one, or how you fought those inner demons that I would imagine. And I read my, I saw my dad have a really abject kind of failure in business. And I, I had to overcome that initially, too. And so I'm curious for you, you having your own kind of failure and quote, unquote, failure, right, if you want to call that, but like how you were able to work through that decision process later on in your career.
1: It sounds funny to call it traumatic, but it's traumatic. And the risk of putting yourself out there again is scary. And I think there's small pieces of the puzzle that need to be put together. Just handling the business side and making sure that the automations were in place, that the way that I ran my business was 100% up to par, allowed me then to focus on how do I do sales better? How do I talk to people? And how do I actually provide me, which is the secret sauce, To my clients and getting a firm grounding on the business side of things was probably one of the number one ways that I was able to then feel a little bit more confident that I could do this again. Yeah. Beyond that, it's really been just really putting yourself back out there and trying to grow some confidence and being okay with stubbing your
0: toe. Were there any learnings or things that you are going to not do again? Or perhaps it is this idea of really providing value to your clients. I'm curious if that's the answer, how that plays into your business today, how things are different, if you
1: will. So I think the beginner's mindset is one that I think if I could give anybody any advice, that's the one to take because I put a lot of pressure on myself back then. And any failure was a reflection of me. It was a reflection of the business. It was a reflection of who I was in the world. And to be able to take a beginner's mindset means that it's safe to fail. What's the worst that's going to happen? As long as you know that you have certain pillars in place in your life, take some risks, take some chances, and don't beat yourself up because you you maybe stumbled a little bit. And that has been the most freeing part of moving back out into this world because the weight and the gravity of a failure isn't the same as it was before.
0: Now you moved into this place of now you're building products. And what's interesting is that that's the opposite What I really love is that whether you intuitively did it or explicitly did it, you saw that, okay, the way that I provide value is through the products or services that we're giving to our clients. And so you really dove head into that arena. What did you come out of there with that you now bring to what you're trying to do with your clients now and the business that you're building
1: now? Like when you look back at that time period, how does that still stick with you? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, because I was in websites. And so we were building website platforms. And a website is a unique entity, right? And so am I. And so how do you scale something that's custom? How do you scale something that every single one that you produce is unique? You do that through ensuring that the base skeleton, the base thing that's there is solid and settings and automations and ways that you can build on top without destroying the core of it. And That's actually a a good analogy for coaching too. It's just, how do I show up and bring my authentic self to every single conversation, but allow myself to do more of that while not having to trip up and have to, in the business side of it and all the convoluted nature of billing and sales and marketing and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: This is really good stuff. When we get back from break here, I'm you're working now with clients and you're coaching them, and you've a lot of times they come to you for a framework or a model. And so I'm curious, you've also got some tools that I that you've been implementing recently that have really helped you scale yourself and add more value to what you're providing people. So we're gonna get into that right when we get back from break. Hey, y'all! Today's episode is brought to you by Amplify Media, and we are a podcast and content production company. Well, here's the way we like to think about it. You probably have a mission, a message, a passion, a purpose, some sort of expertise that you want to get out to the world, but you don't probably have the time or the tech or the team to be able to do it. And so if you need help with that, go to amplifymedia.com. That's A-M-P-L-A-F-Y media.com. You can also check the show notes for info and we can see if we can help. So Nick, what's really cool is that I think you've perhaps found the holy grail, right? Which is like, how do you grow a business? It's like you just provide more value, right? And that's that's the black box that perhaps people avoid, or it's a rabbit hole that people can go down and not come out the other end. It's There are plenty of examples of people trying and failing to provide whatever this word value is. So I'm curious, when you think about value and providing value and helping your clients to provide more value, what does that actually mean to you? or Can you
1: articulate or define that for the listeners? So two different ways. In the product sense, it's ensuring that what you're selling is what you're actually delivering, And I think value can be lost in the sales pitch. And it's a lot of making sure that the sales and marketing teams are aligned with what the product actually does and that the offering that it provides, right? And so I think that's a very simple way to just ensure that the value that you're bringing is also the value that you're speaking. With coaching, my value comes from me to be able to be 100% present with that person in that space and allow everything to flow. And... For me to be able to scale that means that I need to have tools and processes in place so that I don't get caught and I'm not constantly worried about the logistics of running my business. And there's a variety of tools that I use that are just helpful to cut a lot of that time down and do a lot of the work for me. And with the advent of AI, it's just there's so many ways to utilize it that allow you to still be authentic, because I do see a lot of applications where we're cheating the system a little bit and we're allowing it to just be us, where I like to think of it as being able to have a extremely consistent personal assistant with you at all times. It's a cool
0: place that we're at with AI. And I try not to bring it up with guests because if I because we could spend all day talking about it. And there's oftentimes not a time where chat GPT is not open on my browser. But what you're t- hinting at is that it's an understanding of how to use it. And I think that people have to really, let's call it a chasm that I don't think that people see. They think it's the Terminator or they think it's a plagiarist tool or they're not connecting the dots totally. So w- for someone like that, how do you help them to connect those dots or even see the
1: dots are, that are even there? Yeah, so what are the things that you would need to do that don't steal from your you who you are and what you bring. And so for a perfect example is I use a meeting tool called Val. And what Val does really well is it allows, it dictates the entire conversation, it summarizes it for me, and then it actually creates action items. And so I have a whole second half of what I would normally do after I work with somebody already done for me. And so that right there is a huge time saver. It actually it's like having a personal assistant with me. Now, we can go down the chat GPT rabbit hole for hours. That is really just to help for brainstorming. It helps summarize a ton of stuff. So if I'm you know, thinking about purchasing a new vendor, or I'm looking at a new piece of software, I can have it summarize the legal terms so I can just call out anything that I really need to look at. And it's not perfect either. And so it's just a way for me to make things a little bit more efficient for me. The last one I just want to mention is a tool called God Mode. And that really helps with research. It You can think of it as your personal assistant on steroids, basically. It'll go and it'll do marketing analysis for me. It'll put it into a spreadsheet. It'll format it. And so that's normally what something I would do or I would have an assistant do for me. And so those are just some areas where it's doing a lot of the upfront work so that then I can dive in and get to the root of what I'm looking for. For you,
0: what do you see as the antidote to getting people to integrate this? My mom never heard of it, but then what was interesting is she had a problem with her dogs. And I told her, you can ask AI to do it. And that was enough for her to go in and try. She cared about her dogs enough, (laughs) loved her dogs enough to go in and use the things that would otherwise be weird. But is there, in terms of getting people to take the leap or even get proficient with this, are there other things that you would advise? Or once someone opens up some of these tools or starting to play around with it, is there some next intermediate steps
1: that someone might be looking to take? I think the first is just that everyone's already using it. They probably just don't know it. And if you're talking specifically t- towards the chat GPT model, there's a site that I really like and I recommend to a lot of people, learnprompting.org. And that really just helps people get more out of the tool. And it's a very simple, easy to get going. It's written for a fifth grader and it just helps you to start using the tool and it gives you examples, and it gets you off the ground. The other thing is just have fun. Have it give you some jokes and talk to it, and see what it tells you. I think that first time that I did that, my eyes opened. It was like the first time you had internet on your phone. I uh, we
0: created. A, I had to write a story for my. I have two toddlers. A full, They're not toddlers anymore. They're like four and five. I got to stop calling them that. But uh, we had to write a story about princesses and unicorns and monsters and incorporating all of their favorite things. And I had it weave in some themes and lessons that we're trying to work on and such. And it spit it back out. The first iteration wasn't great, but it was a starting place and it got the wheels turning. And I think that if people can see it as not, and I think to your point, people can get lazy and I've had to fight against this urge of just letting it be us Mm. and instead to allow it to to be the, you know, us squared. If it can be an integer or whatever, an exponent, I think is what it is, right? If it can be some sort of exponent that allows us to multiply ourselves even, that's where there's real value. And it's not just
1: replacing people. 100% agree. Also say that I'm very careful about that because once you go over that hill and now it's writing all of your content for you and to go back is difficult. And so- that is one thing that I'm very careful about in my own work is ensuring that whatever I'm putting out there, it's authentically me. Now, I think the chat GPTs and all these different tools, Gamma, they're very great, especially if Creative Block, they can help just put some stuff out there and go, oh, now I'm good. And then you're off and running. But I do warn, be very careful because once you go over that hill, it's really tough to come back. Yeah. Yeah,
0: great point here. Any other, as we're rounding out here, any other things that you're excited about when it comes to, I love this idea of, of how do we scale and provide value? So are there other things that you either do yourself or like to suggest for your clients when it comes to scaling and increasing
1: the amount of value that a business is providing? I think one, always check in with yourself. Now, this isn't going to scale you, but... I'm very introspective on a regular basis. That quality is really important to me, not scaling myself too far. All these tools and everything that you can use to to make your business better is great. But remember, at the end of the day, there's people that are buying your products and services. And there's usually people on the other end that are helping provide that service or product. And so I know this is about scaling, but I also believe in people and growing individuals and I believe that you get more out of people when you show them the true value that they bring and you can bring that out of them. Great stuff.
0: Nick, if people want to get more connected with you or dive deeper into your world, where's the best place to go?
1: They can check out the website. It's nicksamadams.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, in slash Nicholas Samuel Adams. Instagram, nicksamadams. TikTok, nicksamadams. Cool. Go get connected, y'all.
0: And... If you guys got any value from today, please, we would appreciate and be forever grateful with a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone who is in the midst of scaling their business or is thinking about starting one, please send them this episode and go get connected with Nick and take him up on some of this advice with regards to some of these tools and let us know how that goes. We'd love to hear about it. But thanks as always for being part of the tribe. We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all.